Hello, everyone. Welcome back to SP Sports Weekly, your weekly roundup of state press sports content. Alongside Cokie Riley, I am Alex Coyle, and we're the sports editors at the State Press. On this episode, we welcome back Alex Weiner to talk about his article on the ASU football California players ahead of this week's ASU-USC matchup to start the Pac-12 season. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alex. Thanks for having me. So I guess just to start things off, what about the story intrigued you? Um, The fact that there are more kids on ASU's roster from SoCal than there are from the entire state of Arizona. So after kind of looking at that and seeing a couple of the guys saying, you know, certain distinctive things about, you know, their experiences going back to USC, uh, I thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to sort of look at it, sort of how are, you know, some of the more prominent Sun Devils sort of looking into how, you know, the game against USC is going to go for them. Like, personally, I know Jermaine Lole was very unpersonal. He was like, it's just another football game. But um, some of them had a lot of, like, pretty cool stories about why this game is meaningful to them. Now, another aspect, and you actually pretty much opened up with this, was how, you know, at first there were no fans at all in any of these Pac-12 games, and the Pac-12 makes a family um, exception to it. But California is not letting any, not even family or friends into that. So, what did these players, you know, they're coming home, they're going to they're gonna play a game in Southern California, but none of their friends or, or family are going to be able to be in the stands. What did they feel about that? Yeah, Jane Daniels called it a bummer, but um, ultimately I think their excitement to play in this game, especially against USC, a team that like most people have as the favorites to win the Pac-12 South, I think that kind of excitement outweighs the, like disappointment that their friends and family aren't going to be able to show up to those games. Um, but you know, I, a lot of them obviously would think it'd be nice if their friends and their, you know, their folks could go, uh, watch them play in such a big game. But I think ultimately the, the fact that USC is going to be on the other side is going to probably give them enough juice. I, I know you just touched on Lole a little earlier, but based on your reporting, what are ASU SoCal players saying about getting the opportunity to come back home for this week's game? Um, I know you just talked about how, uh, they're, they're, their friends and family are not going to be able to attend the game, but like, what were some of their reactions about, um, especially from a guy like Jaden Daniels about like just playing at home in general? Yeah. I mean, for Daniels, this is a pretty big game because he didn't get to face off against USC last year. He was out with a leg injury. Um, so that was our only game. We got to see Joey Yellen take the field, but uh, yeah, with Jaden, he, he said that one quote that kind of spoke to me was him and his dad kind of, talked back and forth like oh one day you're going to, have to play like the Coliseum and stuff like that he talked about going to those games throughout high school he went to several USC football games uh, he grew up not too far away um, so yeah that's a so he's pretty pretty excited to play although he kind of wishes his dad would be there um, some other ones Jordan Porter is a fun one because both of his parents are Trojans and his dad is a pretty well-renowned sprinter there well he did hurdles and so that one's so he said then in his family that's a that's a pretty big one. Uh, I liked what uh, Darian Butler had to say, though. Uh, that one was cool to me because he ultimately was like, look, I was a three-star recruit and USC, the school that is the closest Pac-12 school to me, didn't even give me an offer. So he goes to U- he goes to ASU, works his way up as a starter, as a captain now. And so he says, you know, all these games against the Trojans are sort of like, look what you didn't even bother to like, you know, give a chance to. Um, I thought that one was cool, but uh, nobody seemed more excited than Ashari Crosswell coming into that uh, into that Zoom call. So he was he was off the walls about going to play USC. 
Now, another aspect of this um, is, you know, last year, you went 0-2 against the Southern California teams, lost in the Rose Bowl to UCLA. How much do you think this this team, especially the, the, the young SoCal guys, are going to have that chip on their shoulder to, you know, we lost in LA last year. We, lost, we went 0-2 against the LA schools last year to come away and get a win in their home state and in their home area. Yeah, I haven't really heard any of them mention the UCLA aspect of that. Um, but I know Shari Crosswell said, look, we beat them my freshman year, and then they came and beat us my sophomore year. So now he said, you know, the continuation would be now ASU has to go beat the Trojans in the Coliseum. Um, I haven't really heard much about like the chip on their shoulder. Like they got us last year. We have to get them back more so than, okay, we are, you know, players in the Pac-12 South and it's a short season. Every game means a lot. And USC is kind of the top dog for most people on the outside looking in. Um, So I think they, you know, these players are on social media. They, They see all this, you know, predictions and every, all the projected standings and all that. And they see that USC is pretty consensus, the top team in the Pac-12 South entering the season. So I think that more so than anything is sort of the driving factor of their motivation for this. Um, because the chance to, you know, knock off USC early on, you know, it's pretty good statement. It'd be a pretty big statement win as well as like for the actual standings, that would be huge for their prospects of winning the Pac-12 South. You've mentioned that ASU has more players from the, from Southern California and the state of California than from Arizona. Why is that the case? Why has ASU been so keen on getting players from that state? I think it started with Antonio Pierce, um, getting a guy who has a lot of connections in Southern California, coaching at Long Beach Poly. I mean, there's several Sun Devils on the roster from Long Beach Poly that came over with Antonio Pierce. Ashari so Crosswell is there for that. Kobe Williams was another one from from last year, Jermaine Lole is a Cal Poly kid. The Markham brothers are Cal Poly kids, or not Cal Poly, sorry, Long Beach Poly kids. Um, I think it's who they have sort of doing the recruiting uh, is a big factor. And I think that Southern California wasn't really a huge draw with the Todd Graham regime. It was, they were more kind of geared towards Texas. Um, now with under Herm Edwards, they've been really focused on the California, on California. And it's worked out pretty well because they've been getting a lot of pretty good players from there. Now, I'm, I want to jump back to how big this game is and kind of preview it on, on Saturday. You know, this game, and if you look at, you know, different schedules in the Pac-12 South, is probably like week one kicking off big noon Saturday. It's definitely the best Pac-12 game that is on the schedule for this week and maybe even the entire season in terms of, you know, how the implications there. How big is it with, uh, you know, whether it's Pac-12 championship implications, well, it's the conference looking at its own college football playoff interests. What, you know, the outcome of this game, how much does that matter to the grand scheme of things? I think it matters a lot because I think sort of one of, you know, the opportunities the Pac-12 has and to try to, you know, kind of getting a team that has the resume to slip into that uh, college football playoff talk is if USC just, you know, kicks butt all year long and they start off with a really impactful win against a young, talented Sun Devils team. And then, you know, they sort of run their table. If they win the Pac-12 championship, then who knows, maybe they could present USC as the team that could potentially be in that spot. Um, of course, ASU, a lot of their guys saying they want to win a championship this year. Um, by that, I mean, Pac-12 championship. So who knows, maybe a good start for them if they show off early on. They play Cal, that's a, you know, it's a winnable game for them. They can get some momentum going and then who knows, they could potentially be a contender for the Pac-12 South too. I think it's, it's pretty close. Um, USC um, probably is the most sort of well-known talent 
uh, in the Pac-12 South. So, you know, this is a major game for ASU. I mean, this is, I don't want to say it makes or breaks the season because, you know, it, it, I don't know if it, that's entirely true, but it really does affect it with it's a seven game season and you only have six games to get, you know, put yourself in a position in the standings to get to the Pac-12 championship game. So this is their biggest game of the season, really. And it's from week one, which is intriguing. Um, and we'll see what the level of football is like in a week one with such a bizarre offseason. Um, we'll see what version of these two teams sort of come out. But this might help ASU. Um, ultimately, if both teams are sort of feeling themselves out, USC, a little bit more known talent at home, maybe it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. With that said, what do what does ASU need to do to start the season at 1-0? Well, it's interesting because, you know, new coordinators on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think I'll start with the defense because USC's offense is looking pretty good. I mean, the receiver and the receiving talent that's returning this year with Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Bonds. Um, those are two could be number one targets on a lot of teams. Um, and then Keaton Slovis really impressed last year as a freshman. I think a lot of people were expecting, um, weren't really expecting him to sort of just become the starter right away. And that's what he, you know, ultimately did after a couple of injuries. So um, I'm interested to see sort of how the Marvin Lewis, Antonio Pierce scheme matches up with that. Uh, ASU uses, they used a lot of defensive backs in their schemes last year under Danny Gonzalez. They had the Tillman position um, along with their two cornerbacks, two safeties. And then, you know, sometimes they'll have a nickel in there. Um, they took away the Tillman spot, but it sounds like they're going to use the nickel in a lot more packages. So I don't know. I, I think that if they can stop or at least manage USC's offense and if USC is sort of finding a way to get into their rhythm early on, then I, I would say that's probably the biggest matchup there. How, how Jaden Daniels does in the Zach Hill offense is another thing. And if that Zach Hill offense is just too much to handle for a USC team that hasn't seen that before, that could be another way that ASU sort of can topple the Trojans. Yeah, I want to kind of dive into that Zach Hill offense and, and actually flip the sides for, for both teams. You know, a, a USC's defense, brand new scheme under Todd mm -hmm. Orlando. ASU's offense, brand new scheme under Zach Hill. How does, you know, do you see those two jiving together? And, you know, because honestly, as we've seen in some press conferences, ASU's offensive staff is looking at Texas's defense and USC's defense is looking at Boise State's offense from a year ago. How, how are those going to work out? Uh, I think the best and the most clear answer is like, who knows? We'll see. This is the first time both of those teams are implementing those schemes. And it's against perhaps their biggest competitors in the South. You know, we'll see. It, it sounds like from what Zach Hill has been saying in, in recent practices that his offense is, is, is getting it. And if they can find their rhythm and sort of throw off USC, in that sense, they do a lot of shifting, they do a lot of audibles, and, you know, they could be a pretty complex offense as the defense has been finding out throughout this training camp session. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, really putting it to the test, you know, throwing in the fire. For as far as, like, preparing by looking at, like, you know, USC looking at Boise State, um, I think that's probably pretty smart, but Boise State didn't have a guy like Jaden Daniels, who's just that dynamic both in the run game and has been growing as a passer ever since his first start. So, and uh, ASU just has sort of an seemingly unlimited supply of receivers, like not a ton of like big name guys that people know about who are coming, returning. Frank Darby would be the only 
one of those, but you know, LB Bunkley, Shelton and Johnny Wilson are freshmen with high expectations. They have a few sophomores like Andre Johnson, rookie Pearsall who have, you know, higher expectations too. So Ace was a lot to throw at them. That's for sure. Mm. So Alex, finally, before we let you go, what's your pick? Who's winning Saturday's big game? Ah, man, I haven't really even thought about a pick yet. I've been sort of doing all the, like the research, trying to get everything down first and then sort of like taking a step back and being like, Hmm, who's my pick. Um, I think that USC's offense is really good and they're going up against a defense that's learning um, about itself as it goes. So I think that this could be a really close game. I would probably give the edge to USC at home, but I do think that ASU covers the spread. And I do think that they'll make USC uh, sweat because I think the spread is 10 and a half, um, which was higher than I thought it would be, for, especially for the first game of the season against a team that people expect to be pretty decent in ASU. So I think ASU covers. I'd expect, uh, you know, if I had to give like not, a, not an exact score, but sort of a margin, I obviously probably USC can win by under a touchdown, maybe like a six point game, something like that. With that said, Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the show for this week to talk about your piece. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you all for listening to SP Sports Weekly. For more State Press content, visit statepress.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at at State Press and at State Press Sport. See you all next week for the next episode of SP Sports Weekly.